It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to another of our bonus podcasts. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan, author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. I've been in e-commerce for over 10 years now, helping all manner of businesses grow and become more successful. And that's just what I'm going to be trying to help you do in today's episode. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. It's awesome to have you here. And please do go and check out some of our normal interview podcasts. As as I'll refer to during today's session, um, there are some great bits and pieces in there that will help you with your business. If you're one of our regular listeners, I hope you're finding this bonus series useful. No matter how many of the podcasts you've listened to, I always love to get your feedback. The best way to do that is on Twitter. So message me at Chloe underscore ECMP. This is a series of three bonus episodes entitled Customer Attraction Tips presented by Chloe Thomas of ecommercemasterplan.com in association with Shopify. And it's a key part of our 2016 campaign to help you focus on your customer and thus grow your business. And you can find out all about that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash the customer. And of course, this is our first ever time we've had a sponsor of the e-commerce master plan podcast. So a big thank you to Shopify for that. And it's great to have them on board as I know a lot of you find it to be a great platform and I'm forever recommending it to people who are planning on starting out in e-commerce and actually some of those who are on needing to change their platforms. With Shopify, you can add e-commerce to any website in minutes, just a few clicks and there you go. As part of our relationship with Shopify, I'm able to offer you 15% off their fees. Just head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify, nice and easy to remember that one, to find out all about that very special 15% off Masterplan World only offer. This series is all about customer attraction because this quarter we're focused on how you can get more potential customers to your website and start that all important trust building conversation with them. This episode is the second of our customer attraction tips bonus series. Last time, the topic was marketing you can use to get the attention of your potential customers. Yes, I know a little bit of a long winded title, but we discussed some great stuff last week. And within that discussion, we covered the three categories of marketing you can use to attract more potential unknown customers to your website. You can get hold of that one right now at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash bonus four, or of course, it's in your iTunes feed. This time, the topic is customer first content marketing. Just like last time, we'll be covering a lot. So to make sure you get it all, you can get the full transcript for free. That's everything I'm saying today in written format in a PDF, together with links, etc. Um, and you can sign up for that at the show notes page for this episode. So that's just a page on the website with lots of stuff about this particular episode. That's what the show notes page is. Um, and that's at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash bonus five. So the number five on that one. And we'll also send you the transcripts of the first show, which we, you know, there'll be uh, marketing you can use to get the attention of your potential customers and we'll send you the final show as soon as it's available too. So you only have to sign up once and you'll get the transcripts of all three shows. 
I'm coming at everything in this three-part series with the aim of helping you, someone working in a small, medium-sized e-commerce business, so not the enterprise guys, um, to attract more potential customers to your website and start that all-important trust-building conversation with them to get the sale. So in this podcast today, all about customer-first content marketing, I'm going to take you through what sort of content we're talking about, because I figured that would be a good place to start, why it's important to create content to build the conversation with unknown potential customers, of course, are our focus this quarter, the content formats you could use, and there, gosh, there's a lot of these, um, where you should be putting that content, what to write about, and of course, where to start. Because by the time we get to where to start, we're going to have covered an awful lot of ideas. So I figure it's really important that I give you an idea of where to start with all this opportunity that I'm going to be explaining today. What I'm not going to be covering is SEO. So that's because all the content we're talking about today should be put onto your own website. Of course, we all know that could have an impact on SEO. But our aim with this content is to converse with and help the visitor to your website, not to get them to your website in the first instance. Although, you know, the fact is, if you do it well, you will start to get traffic. But that's we're not really talking SEO today. We're certainly not talking about content as an SEO tactic today. The other thing which I'm not going to be covering in depth is the idea of the unknown potential customer or a lot of depth on conversation and trust. That's all in last week's uh, bonus episode. So please do go back and take a listen to that if you want to understand more about those topics because we talked about that in a lot of detail. A little one last little warning before we dive in. Um, This advice is not designed for big enterprise businesses, although, of course, I'm sure you're going to find it useful. Um, And it's also coming from a geographically neutral perspective. So please do check any relevant legislation and availability in your own target countries. And actually, for this podcast as well, I should be saying we're coming from a system neutral perspective. So there will be different terminology on your system for the different types of content, I suspect. So don't get too hung up on the technical words I'm using, rather find the solution that enables you to put that type of content in front of your customer. So just what sort of content are we talking about? Well, it's content that's on your website, content that sits right there on your website. Whilst this quarter we're focused on the unknown potential customer, This content will be read by all visitors to your website and thus will help you build a better, i.e. more lucrative, relationship with all of them. Because this content is going to be seen, um, absorbed, read by every single person who comes to your website potentially, whether they're a um, first-time visitor or whether they're someone who's bought from you many times. And it's going to help your relationship with all of them. We're talking about images, videos and text primarily um, and all of those things, images, videos and text that tell your visitors what they need to know about you and your business and your products. So the aim of it all is to build that conversation with the visitors. So this is content focused on building a relationship with people. It is not content focused on getting Google to like your site, although of course it will help with that. After all, Google's aim is trying to help the people. So the more you do to help the people, the better quality and quantity of traffic Google will be able to bring to you in theory. But we're not focused on that today. We're talking about images, videos and text that you can put onto your website that will tell your visitors what they want to know, answering their questions to build trust with them so as they're ready to um, convert either into an inquirer, so someone who's given you their email address or into a buyer. 
So why is it important to create this content and build that conversation with these unknown potential customers and of course the rest of them? Well, it's critical to your business growth to attract unknown potential customers to your business and eventually get them to buy. That's because they are your customers of the future. The customers who build your growth next year, you don't know who they are yet. And these conversations, this trust building is going to make it much easier for you to to attract them in, as we talked about last time, and then to make sure you're building that conversation to get the conversion. The attraction process we talked about last time starts the conversation with them. The process of this conversation, of that conversation, the attraction conversation, the conversation that happens off your website is probably going to bring them back to your website several times before they take the step to become a known potential customer, someone who's you've got their email address or they've bought. So therefore, the conversation has to continue during every one of their visits. So if you're starting that trust building conversation with all the attraction activity, then we've got to continue that conversation on the website. And that's what we're talking about today, how we build that conversation on the site to encourage them to convert or to buy. These conversations exist to build a relationship between your business and these visitors. The stronger the relationship, the more likely someone is to convert. That's because the more they know about you and your business, the more they'll trust you. And people like to do business with people we trust. Um, It will be putting something of a human face on the business, giving the business more character, making it more easy to relate to. In the same way as uh, alongside that, really, it's going to help the the visitor to your website to understand if you're going to give them what they're looking for. So it helps them work out if, if they're a good fit as a customer of your business, which has the added bonus of pulling the good fit people closer to you but it's also going to encourage those who who aren't a good fit to go elsewhere if yours aren't the products they're looking for if yours isn't the philosophy they're looking for Um, and of course you know fundamentally the fewer unanswered questions there are the easier it is to find the answers the more likely someone is to trust you because if they can't find the answer, the the immediate reaction of, of a human is to start assuming that you're hiding something from them and therefore we're not going to trust. So our aim with all this content is to answer every possible question they've got. What makes this an even more important part of building the volume and conversion of your unknown potential customers is that all this content will help all your site visitors. We mentioned this already. So from your first time visitors to your top buyers. So it's going to improve the relationship of all these different types of customers with you and build a, and that building of a better relationship means you're going to get more sales. So hopefully you can see from that that it's really important to have content on your website that will help build that conversation with all your visitors because that will build trust which is going to build how much each person who visits your website is worth to you. Okay, enough theory. Let's dive into some practical stuff. So let's look at the content formats you could use. There's a range of content formats that can sit on your site and answer your visitors' questions. Primarily, we're talking about written content, videos, images, and to a lesser extent, audio. So let me explain what I mean by each of these. So written content, this could be a blog, something in your articles on the site, like an about us or a um, delivery page. It could be um, 
to be fair, recent content can encompass everything from FAQs and buyer's guides to a product selection diary by your head buyer and the product descriptions on your product pages. So anything that's written in your on your website and can be written on your website and added to your website as written content, that's what we're talking about in the written content bit. In terms of videos, we could be talking about diary style videos, you know, face to camera, shaky mobile hand, mobile phones and all of that sort of thing. We might be talking about videos that show how the product works. We could be doing catwalk shows of the new collection. And yes, um, as a bit of a sub thing, not really on the topic today, but these videos could and should be posted to YouTube as well. In the world of Vim images, 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 uh, we should be talking about having good quality product images. And by good quality product images, I mean images that tell the customers what they need to know about your product. So if colour is important, they should be as close to the colour of the real object as possible and show different angles, etc. Um, we want photos of your team to show that human side, uh, behind the scenes shots of what's going on behind the scenes of the business. Um, and depending on your products, you might have infographics to help explain key things about the products and maybe even compare them, you know, which which one's suitable for which scenario. Audio, as I said, is the, the least, least popular, the least obvious, but ASOS, ASOS, uh, the fast, fast fashion brand, they're now running a podcast of their own. Um, and of course, if you've been a guest on a podcast, then drop and embed sorry by drop I mean embed so you can get the code to put the player so people can literally click play right there on your website onto your site probably in a blog post or on your about us page and that's going to show your customers a really nice behind the scenes element of the human behind the business the good thing is from this long list of, of uh, what sort of content formats we're talking about, is that there are endless ways you can use writing, images, etc. on your website. So there's sure to be something that suits your products, your customers' needs and your team's abilities, which means there's no point in banging your head against a brick wall with a content format you just can't stand producing. Move on to something else, find something that works for you and create that content. Because what's got to come through in this content is the passion, the enthusiasm and the desire to both help the visitors to your website and your customers, but also the, the passion behind the business and behind the products you're selling. So if you, you could create all this content, but of course, there's no point in creating it if we've got nowhere to put it. So where should you be putting the content? Well, I think there's there's three key areas on your website where these things could go. Um, and the first one would be product pages. These are really important pages. So you've got to make sure that on your each product page, you're answering all the likely questions. So for example, if you are selling shirts, your customer is going to want to know what the neck sizes are, what the, um, is it skinny fit? Is it not skinny fit? What the color is, what the makeup of the cloth is, what style color it has, what type of buttons there are, what type of cuffs you're using. All these details need to be included. You want front back um, images. You want close-ups on the collars, close-ups on the buttons, close-ups on the pockets, close-ups on the, uh, uh, what's the word for it? Cuffs. I've forgotten the word for that there. So you've got to get all that information across. In women's clothing, it reaches a whole extra level with um, colour and sizes and how long that top is um, and the length of the trousers and the style and uh, endless in women's clothing, even worse than shirts. If you were selling, I mean, this is a bit, a bit of a more simple example, but if you're selling CDs, 
Who's going to buy a CD if they can't see the track listing? I mean, that's obvious, isn't it? So make sure the track listing's there and the front and back views of the CD itself. Um, we've then, I know that's a, that's a bit retro, isn't it, talking about CDs, but I think hopefully you'll, you'll get what I'm talking about. In the world of electricals, it becomes more complex. You've got to make sure the right codes are there. You've got to make sure you're explaining all the inputs, outputs. Um, it never, I like to have a laptop with lots of USBs and I find it endlessly frustrating the number of websites I have to go to to manage to find out how many USB slots the laptop I want to buy has. It's ridiculous. Anyway, personal rant over. Um, and then in, in the world of, I mean, you know, if you think about just the humble light bulb, how much information a customer wants in order to be able to buy that light bulb, especially now we have LED halogen options as well as the more traditional ones, all of which seem to have their own grading system and all the rest of it. So there's a lot of information that has to be got, got across. Now, on your product pages, you should be conveying that information in the best way to the customer. That might be via a table. It might be via different tabs. It might be via great images. It might be a video. It might be a little mini infographic for the product. Whatever the method you need to be putting out there is, that's what should be on your product pages. So a large part of this customer first content marketing is actually about getting the product page right, which seems to be something which a lot of people ignore when we talk content marketing, but it's so critical. And of course, on those product pages, don't forget to put in some nice copy that explains your brand. Don't use the stock images that the suppliers sell you. Uh, sorry, send you. Um, make sure you've taken your own photography and that you're putting in and that, that that's in the style of your brand and that you're also explaining the product. You know, that the nice the sales copy is not really the right word, but the nice emotive copy that really shows off your brand and shows off your product. Obviously, if it's light bulbs, that's probably slightly less relevant. Um, but all of this, of course, there's different elements which are going to be important for different products and different businesses. So our second area where we should be putting the content is what I'm going to refer to as static and or information pages. And this is where on different systems it can be called different things. So these are the pages you list in the footer usually or a customer services menu. This is stuff like delivery, about us, contact us, returns, FAQs quite often sits here too. These are the pages which are permanently in existence and which give the visitor to your website really critical information they need to know. Um, these pages, it's really important that they exist for starters, that they answer all the potential customers' uh, questions and that they represent you well as a business. So it's got to be kind of on brand, it's got to be clear, it's got to be accurate, up to date and to be easy to find and use when you get there. FAQ pages can become a bit of a nightmare if you only have the one. So quite often that ends up having to have a navigation system. And that might also include things like buying guides and that kind of stuff. You know, if you're selling mattresses, you need some permanent information up there that's going to be explaining how to buy a mattress, for example. Our third place where we might want to put this content then is our evolving content pages. Most usually this will be in the form of a blog, but again, please don't get hung up on the technicalities of the terminology because I know some systems don't have a blog, but you can create articles to make it look like a blog and all the rest of it. Really what a blog is, is it's a piece of content that at some point may go out of date and which you don't need to worry about the fact it's gone out of date. They're kind of like news updates. 
Also, um, I should also point on if we're once we're on technicalities here that if your blog is on another URL, that's fine. So if if it's on blog.yourdomain.com, that's okay for the purposes of what we're talking about today, because we're not talking SEO. So I, we're not going to get into the into the subdomain domain, um, etc. debate on blog locations. So think of this as being like your customer magazine. This is where you announce a new season, show behind the scenes, shout about PR success, embed the podcast you just appeared on. It's also where you explore a product category in depth or do a comparison because of course your products go out of date. So that's why we want to put those here and not on our static information pages. This is the content that at some point will go out of date and which you don't need to worry about fixing it. So your static information pages should always be up to date. Your evolving content pages will pass through the mists of time and go out of date, etc. Don't worry if all this feels a bit overwhelming. We will be, you know, because we've we've gone through a lot of different types of content. We've gone through a lot of different places to put the content. Um, And so what, what I will be doing at the end of this this episode is I will be wrapping up with where to start. So just make sure you get the transcript so you've got all this great content in a nice, easy to refer to PDF. And you'll find that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash bonus five. You can sign up for the transcript right there. So we talked about the type of content. We talked about where to put it. Um, but our title today is customer first content marketing. And all of that has been about the content marketing bit. And we've talked almost not a, not a, not a piece at all about a uh, customer first. And it's time to sort that out. So what should you be writing about? What should this content be about? Well, I'm not, I'm definitely not suggesting you create content for the sake of content. I want you to be sure that you have the content on your website that enables the visitor to understand who your business is, convinces them of your greatness and answers their questions about the service they can expect and the product they're buying. How much content you need to create depends on how much your visitors need to know before they trust you enough to buy. Everybody get that? So how much content for this customer first content marketing piece you need to create depends on how much your visitors need to know before they trust you enough to buy. For example, Ian Smith of Taste Tradition Direct, which was our first interview this year. So you can go back and listen to that if you want to find out a bit more about about what they're doing and and how they're using content. Um, They sell the creme de la creme of British meat, rare breeds, beautiful cuts, unusual cuts. Gosh, it makes your mouth water just to think about it. So for them, there is an endless possibility of what content to create recipes, um, information about the provenance of the product, the different cuts, the different breeds, the history of the different breeds, the history of butchery, the history of British meat, the people involved in the process. There's endless, absolutely endless content. But what he's done is is um, focus on where he needs to start, which actually is pretty clear. He needs to start with the content that's going to help his visitors on the path to buying. For example, the customer might be thinking it's fresh meat. Will it still be fresh when it gets to me? So they need to have really clear content and information on the delivery system, how it's going to be parceled, when they can expect to get it, how long it's going to be fresh for once they get it to them. The customer might also be thinking, golly, this is a lot more expensive than Tesco. Um, So they need to make sure they've got content about the quality of the meat, why it's worth the extra money, why this is superb quality meat that's really going to be very important. And then we've also got the whole 
customer worrying about the fact, well, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't normally buy meat this expensive, but it's a really special occasion, wedding, anniversary, birthday, something, Christmas. Um, so I'm splashing out for this special occasion and I want to cook it just right because I'm only going to get one chance and I don't want to look like the fool who didn't know how to cook it when everyone comes around for dinner. So how do I cook it? Well, that's the type of content they're also covering. You know, blog posts about how to cook the perfect roast beef or, I mean, apparently suckling pig was very important this Christmas. So they've also got guides on how to cook a suckling pig, how to do um, uh, beef wellington. Sorry, I was going to say the one in the pastry, but beef wellington's what I mean. So what you need to do is to listen to your customers work, maybe work in the customer service team for a day, read the Facebook messages, listen to the calls, reply to the emails. You'll quickly get an idea of what's stopping the visitor to your website from buying. For every one of those questions you hear, create an FAQ, a blog post or improve the content that should have given them the answer. This might include making the existing content easier to find as well. So this is the, this, this is the core of the customer first bit. Put yourself in their shoes. You may already have a pretty good idea because you, you know your customers, and you know your product of what they need to know. So you can just go and check that's actually where you think it should be. So work out what they need to know, to experience, to see before they'll trust you enough to buy. And of course, this might also include elements of... Um, of customer testimonials, etc. So if you've got some great quotes that explain things and, ta- and deal with those questions from existing customers or past customers, then make sure you're using those as well. So we've now gone through what sort of content, where to put it, the sort of things you should be writing about. Um, I did, pr- I'm aware it's been pretty overwhelming. We've covered a ton of ideas and in many ways we're only just scratching the surface of what's possible. So you will go crazy if you try to do this all in one go. So this is where we get to the section all about where you should start, which is a very important section, I'm sure you can all agree. I've outlined the following steps, starting off with some easy quick wins and running through to the more complex and time consuming. There's no set time period for how long it should take you to get through all of this. Some of you will find some of the steps really quick and easy and other steps an absolute nightmare and it will be exactly the opposite way around for others. So I suggest what you do is you set aside a few hours each week to work on this. Maybe Friday morning is your customer first content marketing morning. And that morning you sit down, you open up your plan and you start on step one. And then once step one's complete, you move on to step two and you just do that every Friday morning. Personally, I find that a really good way to work through a project where you really can't put any timescales around it. So anyway, let's talk about the different steps. Step number one. Take a look at those static information pages. Do they cover everything that should be there? Do they make sense? Are they up to date? This should be quite a quick win, quite straightforward to do. Step number two then. Check how many people are looking at those static information pages using your Google Analytics. And if it's very few, make sure they're they're more easy to find. So you might need to add them into the checkout process. You might need to make them more prominent in the footer you know, if they're hidden behind customer services, you might want to bring actually each of the individual ones up to the up to right there in the footer. So step two might only take you five minutes. Um, step three, then we're now starting to get up and get into some slightly more difficult ones. The about us page, that's step three. 
Make this interesting, representative of your business identity and show some skin. Pictures of the real team doing real things, please. No, not too much. I'm not talking about getting a photo shoot done. I pretty much mean taking your phone around the business and taking some pictures of people working at desks, picking and packing the reality of your business, because that's what we're showing, trying to show. And here, if you have a compelling founder story, put that in. Um, you don't need to do a bio of every single, single member of the team, unless, of course, that fits with your brand identity. This is your opportunity to show the human side of the business. I should also point out this is a really hard one to create. Um, you may never be happy with it. Um, you will probably go through many incarnations before you're even vaguely happy with it. And that's absolutely fine. But trust me, your worst attempt is far better than just the legal company information in your address. So this one, you'll get something live and you may well be coming back to it again and again and again. But let's at least get something better up there. Step number four customer service time. Now it's time to go and find out what your customers are really struggling with. Identify the questions, the problem, and then fix it. This one never ends. So part of step four is also to build it into your normal workflows. Maybe you'll get the customer services team leader to send you um, an email each week of the key problems the customers are having, or maybe you'll get them to send you it, send it through to you every time it happens. Or maybe every month you'll spend half a day sat with the team listening in. Build that into your normal workflows because you have to get that link to the customer. It's very hard in the online world to get that link to the customer if you're not involved in customer service. You can't go and stand around in the shop for a bit. So you have to make the effort to get that into your into your learning each month. Step number five then, product pages. Get into them. What should be on them? What questions aren't you answering? This might mean a format change on the site. It might mean different formats for different categories of products. What you're going to need to do is to fix the information on the existing products and then build those standards into business as usual so that excellent product pages are just something you do for every new product you bring on board. Now, this is one which may feel very, very overwhelming. You know, you may have hundreds of products. You may just have tens of products, you know, 10, 20, 30 products. That still can feel quite overwhelming. So to get started with the products, the first thing you want to do is to identify your 10, 20 or maybe your top 5% best selling products. Start off with them and get them right. Build the model so your new products as they come on board, you're doing right. And then the backlogs, the 95% that were already on the website, work your way through them stage by stage from the best sellers to the worst sellers. They Therefore, you're getting the biggest impact from these improvements the fastest, whilst also making sure that you, you're not going to have to go back and do this whole trawl through everything again in the near future. Step number six. Now... Only now is it time to look at the evolving content or the blog stuff, which always seems to be where every content marketing conversation starts. But actually, it's, we're, it's not until step six we're going to start worrying about that. Here you need to work out which sort of content is necessary. Is it extra product information, the story behind this brand, how we came to pick this product, here's some comparisons, here's what to look for if you're planning on buying a bed. Here's the other content you might want to be putting in here is guest posters. So, for example, Beard Brands Eric, which is one of our interviews from last year, he's working with famous bearded men to get them to contribute to his blogs. He's got an NFL player who will be contributing to his blogs 
to help really bring forward that idea that beards are acceptable, which fits very well with the brand. And it really adds some colour and is going to start building trust because, of course, the customer gets to the site. They see that NFL player supports beard brands. Well, this is the place I want to get my beard products from. You get the idea. So it's experts in your industry, really. Um, Behind the scenes colour. This is where you'd be putting out this and uh, maybe showing your expertise. There's lots of different stuff that could go into this evolving content. So the first thing you need to do is to work out what sort of content you should be putting out there. Then you're going to start creating it. This, of course, is where the gnarly how often should I blog question comes out. There is no right answer. But if there are things your customers need to know, then they should be on your blog. However, I get that at the start of this process, there's going to be a long list of those. So just try and get maybe one live a week, or if that just seems seems insurmountable, then go for one a month. Just start chipping away at it and slowly you'll start to see the benefits coming through. And then as you get more used to it, you'll find you'll, you can do them much, much quicker. So it's little and often. Just build that consistency. Step seven then. Once you've mastered all of that, you can take it to the next level and think about your different types of customers and create blogs and content that will appeal to them. To use a really basic example, if you sell houses, the first time buyer has very different questions and needs to the professional buy to let investor. And therefore, you'd need to be creating content to appeal to both of them and to help out both of them. Um, I'm not going to cover this in a lot of detail but if you check out Tom Schwab of Goodbye Crutches interview that I did with him last year we had a great discussion about just how he does this in that interview so go and take a listen to that if you've reached step seven and you're ready to step up. Of course if all this content creation is making your toes curl then find someone else to do it for you maybe one of your team or maybe you need to go and hire a copywriting agency or find a freelancer. There's no problem with doing that if it means it's going to get done and it means it's going to work for your business. But I do suggest that you are the one who drives what should be done. Finally, step eight. No surprises here. Review, optimise and keep optimising. So your to-do list, because I like to sum up every one of our bonus episodes with a quick to-do list check for you. This time it's pretty simple. Number one, set aside time in your diary to work through the eight steps above. Two, always be thinking about what your customer needs every day, all the time, and try to bring that to them. Number three, um, work through all those steps. So you've already got the space in the diary, already thinking about the customer, now start working through these steps. Number four, go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash bonus five and download the full transcript of this episode as a handy guide. It's free. It's everything I've said in a PDF. And of course, the bonus is that once you've signed up for this one, we'll send you the transcripts for the rest of the series as they become available. And if you want to understand more about the unknown potential customer and how to use them to grow your business, go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash the customer. This was the second in our series of three bonus episodes, Customer Attraction Tips, presented by Chloe Thomas of ecommercemasterplan.com in association with Shopify. And of course, if you're going to go after customer-first content marketing, then you need a platform that can handle all that extra content. So don't forget to find out about the special Masterplan World 15% Shopify discount at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify. 
Thank you for listening to this show. If you haven't already, take a listen to our first show in the series, Marketing You Can Use to Get the Attention of Your Potential Customers. And of course, make sure you listen to the final one of the series, which is 20 Ways to Increase Your Customer Email Signups. Have a great week, everybody, and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the E-Commerce Master Plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.